This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. live on joy 94.9 saturday afternoon from noon via the live stream at joy.org.au forward slash listen live or tune your wireless in melbourne to 94.9 fm afternoon welcome to chaos personified this is techno gaze <laughs> on joy 94.9 the show where we gaze into the world of consumer electronics gadgets and technology my name is mark and in the studio with me today is jason whoa i'm Whee! first i'm second actually because you're first but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> good to have you back who's thank on, you who's on first what's on second no one? Oh, I don't Do know. Do you know who's on third? Whose line third? is it anyway? Who, who is on third? I think Rainer's going third. <laughs> Rainer is number, th- number three today. All oh, right. Is it? Is that th- I don't know. Actually, <laughs> according to the microphone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's a very systematic approach to this. That means that I'm number one. What does that make you, Jason? Um, uh, Michael. Wait, who am I talking to? Michael? <laughs> Michael. <laughs> this I, have is no why idea. I have no idea. This is why you don't do four people in the studio. This often. is why Tim Wenex has just called us chaos personified, because we don't know who the hell. Hey, Tim, Tim may actually have a point. <laughs> Uh, yes, thank you, Michael, as well, for being here in the studio. You're pushing buttons. I am. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the right ones. Let's let's fingers, <laughs> fingers our cross. No, cross our fingers. Uh-huh. Now, on today's show, G20 uh, is happening up in Brisbane. And there's a little bit of tech stuff going on with regards to that. Um, some... Uh, uh, researching going on by Queensland University around Twitter and how disruptive G20 is, so we'll talk a bit about that. Um, also on the show, we'll study... Uh, we've, we've got a bit of a talk about uh, a study that has found cost and access is a driver for internet piracy. <gasps> That's a surprise. I know, right? <laughs> um, a brief update on the NBN. The NBN does still exist, as much as it's not really a well-published... Published? Published. <laughs> Publicised. A friend of mine has got NBN in the basement of his building. Oh. Is that what the B stands for? National Basement Network? Network? <laughs> <laughs> not for long. <laughs> now, um, uh, and now, have you upgraded your uh, computer's OS recently? Yes. yes. No. Have? I have. <laughs> I have too. It's have kind not. of important. We're going to look at uh, Windows and OS X upgrading and uh, see what uh, which one was easier. We've actually got a special guest in today. We do indeed. To uh, help us with the Windows side of things because mm. uh, <laughs> Lord knows we've got too many Apple devices here in front of us and uh, we don't really have much experience doing uh, Windows <laughs> upgrades these days. But we do have, we, we can call on people to assist us with that. We have people knowledge. that we can tap into. Hmm. Um, what else is there on the show today? Oh, Microsoft has some uh, pretty exciting news for developers, I guess you could say. 
Oh. That doesn't actually happen that often, does it? Microsoft getting developers excited. <laughs> developers, 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 developers. Where is the sweaty shirt and the uh, the ranting? Give it up for me. <laughs> That, that, of that, course, of course, no, that, of course, is No, no one told people. us that we were having Steve Barmer on the show today. <laughs> Mr. Barmer, sir, how are you? In a red T-shirt. Uh, you, you look strangely... Uh, uh, a bit, bit shorter, a bit more hair on top. Yeah. Sweat, gonna, a bit less sweaty around the you armpits. You seem a little, little offended by the reference, actually, is what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm not surprised. What, to a dodgy computer salesman? <laughs> there is that excellent uh, Windows um, parody. I think it was a parody ad, wasn't it? What? Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I think it was a real one, actually. <laughs> um, yes, anyway, we, shall we, we, we digress. Shall we move on with the actual show? Oh, of course, if you want to um, contact us... There's some okay. There's a drum beat gone. Um, <laughs> How do you do it? How do you do it? You can text us oh four two seven joy nine four nine. You can. You can send us an email on air at joy dot org dot au. Or you can phone and leave a message at one three hundred joy nine four nine. Yes, and uh, Mushin's having a bit of a break, I think. But lovely Beck is the, there. The gorgeous Beck from uh, Breakfast, of course, earlier in the day. She always plugs our show too. It's very kind of her. Yeah. It's nice of her. To you know, remind us that at seven o'clock in the morning that there is technology happening at midday as well. Yeah, and it's so, nice. So we should remind people that they should have listened this morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you? Did you listen this morning? Hmm? I did. I woke up to Spandau Ballet. It was very nice. Mm, very good. Brought back memories of 1984. Mm-hmm. Did you kick Spandau Ballet out of your bed? <laughs> 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 Moving on. Mm, moving on. Now, okay, uh, so have we covered the contacting methods? Please do contact us. We like to uh, get as many messages as possible in while we do the show because we like to know that we're loved. We do. There's an empty Outlook inbox in front of us at the moment and we would like it to have stuff in it. Yes. And talking about likes, we'd like you to like us on Facebook. Oh, yes. yes. Has anyone done that, done that this week? I don't know. No, no one. I don't know do if you know- I like us on Facebook. I'm going to check that now. My mother can't hell, like Jason? us more than once in a lifetime. I don't know. <laughs> get, your, get your parents to, to like us as well. Get your yes, parents on you. Facebook because like, we need more of that. <laughs> Well, isn't Facebook the place for parents to be these days? Like, I don't know. It's yes, but none of their kids are because the exactly. parents are on there. This is the thing. Anyway, so, right, G20. Now, yeah, the biggest, biggest, baddest deal in Brisbane yeah, at the been, moment. Yeah, it's been a bit of fun, hasn't it? I Motorcades taking over the entire city. Probably, little, probably more fun if you're Tony Abbott and you were really hoping to uh, rub you know, make friends with, uh, yeah, with Vladimir it's, Putin. It's a bit chaotic there, isn't it? Well, I don't, chaos, we would know. Um, <laughs> look, it's, it's tightly organised, actually. So there's, I mean, yeah, it says chaotic maybe if you live there or you have to, you know, try and get around it. There was a public holiday yesterday to keep people away from their workplaces, which is pretty good. Right. There's been all sorts of interesting high-tech things. Like there are, you know, there are stickers with, you know, barcodes over the top of things like manholes and stuff like that so that, you know, people can see when it was last checked out for, I don't know, spies under the bed or whatever. <laughs> under the bed in the manhole. Oh, popping out of the manhole. Whole, you know, doing all that sort of stuff. But of course, as well as, you know, the physical sort of things, there's a lot of technological stuff going on as well. Yes. Um, uh, so this one we picked up on uh, university researchers uh, have been mapping the uh, G20 Leaders Summit as it plays out on Twitter yes. and Instagram. Very um, 
empirical sources of information, I guess. Is that the word, empirical? I, I actually don't understand why they needed to study it. Like, just load up Twitter and look at the G20 hashtag. <laughs> yeah, see who's whinging. Yeah. So they're, yeah. They're, they're doing this to find out how disruptive it is for, for Brisbane residents in, in particular. Jeez, I don't know. Do you know if they have a scale? It's, it's like, Very are, they, are they actually going to say it's 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 twenty percent disruptive, <laughs> it's eighty percent disruptive, or it's one hundred and twenty percent disruptive? Well, what what they are doing is they're uh, quote geoparsing uh, the the tweets that come through because mm, often yeah. when you tweet these days, your your the location, location is included with that tweet. I believe that's how they got Osama bin Laden. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> <laughs> That was a lot of hard work, I'm sure. Yeah. Hey, you know, they're also going to be checking this out. So as well as, you know, what people feel about, you know, security stops or whatever, um, is that they are going to be using these Geopass tweets to see who's been doing celebrity spotting. Mm. If there's anyone listening in Brisbane and you've seen someone cool or famous or even just someone that looks like they could be a, a secret agent or something like that, <laughs> um, I'd love to hear about it, hey. Yeah, give, it, give us a yell and tell us. <laughs> any, we, any? We, we saw the photo of the, uh, the uh, Secret Service dude with the finger pointing, pistol. Pointing earlier. his finger yeah. pistol. Pew, pew, mm-hmm. like that. Um, I think I think President Obama's finally rocked up. He um, has. This I, believe, I believe he uh, got brought in by Chopper. I think we were just hearing on the news. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Air Force One. Marine One, isn't a, it? Yeah, the so it, the um, Air Force One, the 747 Boeing yep. massive plane, or I think there's two of them that fly around with him. But um, You always need a backup. That stopped at, the, <laughs> at a RAF base somewhere, and then the, yep. the Chopper picked him up and took him to where he needed to go. Yeah, as you do. I believe so. It was actually Marine One. The the chopper picked mm. him up. So maybe they flew the chopper over on Air Force One, and it's like it's I, like a little. I lifeboat. think they actually do that. Yeah, yeah. The, like that's yeah, why they, they take two Boeing seven four seven modified for bigness. They mm. take um, cars around as well. Yeah, yeah. so I think, that they've I think got they've got their own flies in beforehand. Oh yeah, right, with okay. all of the stuff. Oh, yeah. Speaking of motorcades, did you see the one of uh, President Putin's? Um, uh, he he had himself in a car and a whole bunch of motorcycles surrounding him in in a shape that kind of resembled something that was a little bit rude. <laughs> I, 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 I thought I thought Queensland had outlawed bikey gangs. <laughs> yeah, <I was. laughs> G20 delegates arrested for biker laws. Yeah, who are these not, guys not allowed to go to the casino. <laughs> Yeah. Now there's um, a, a few other bits and pieces from G20 which we should talk about in a few moments. Shall we uh, take a quick break, though? Yes, let's. This is Technogaze on Joy 94.9. You're listening to Mark, Rayner, Jason and Michael, and we'll be back with more G20 stuff right after this. Joy 94.9. That's right, it's Joy 94.9. It's a big day today, actually. We've, um, uh, Joy's AGM is happening, and there's a lot of people coming in to the yes. studio that wouldn't normally be here on a Saturday. So hello to everyone who is here today. And you we know what, it's all, almost party. our 21st birthday, too. Yes. Uh, the 1st of December, of course, will be when that, when that happens. It's getting ever closer. We're growing old. We're, we're coming of age. You're on Joy 94.9. Now, uh, we're talking tech, of course, and we're talking G20. um, And what better place to attempt to start hacking networks than Brisbane right now? Why not? Apparently the G20 is an irresistible target for hackers. Um, Not that we've really heard that much hacking going on. So I don't know how irresistible it really is. Well, I don't know. Like it would be, it would be a juicy piece of uh, of low hanging fruit, I suppose, for some sorts of things. Um, lots of lots of stuff was done before G twenty to make 
things a little bit harder. Um, people are saying that uh, they're allegedly, supposedly easy to do things like hacking traffic lights and stuff like that so that you can um, muck around with people's <laughs> movement or whatever. I don't know. I'm actually a little bit concerned that people are coming out in the media and saying it's relatively easy to hack traffic lights. <laughs> Isn't there an app for that? Yeah, there probably is by the end of the, the end of the day. Probably. <laughs> mm. But of course, there's um, there's specific news about Chinese hackers actually attempting to uh, to breach um, Australian media organisations ahead of G20. Yes. Now, this is actually interesting because they, um, they're not actually talking about which media organisations are being uh, attacked mm. because of confidentiality or, or whatever. But uh, what an interesting sort of yeah, and it's not just what some rando either. It's actually the the Australian Signals Directorate. Mm. Like, they're, they're an honest-to-God spy agency, you know. They've come out with these claims. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And it's their job to sort of, you know, help protect people and do all that sort of stuff. And they've put out some advice that says, you know, don't do things like putting putting a thumb drive. Oh, you've got a little show bag with a cool little thumb drive that says, I heart Brisbane. Yeah, I'm just going to throw <laughs> that right in my computer. I heart so, Brisbane to hack me. Do we, oh, you do, know. We, do we know what they actually want? What are, what, what are they, they hoping they, to they, find they out? They want to have a preview of the questions that they're going to ask the Chinese president. Yes. And, and this is that is, it? Really? Yeah, so I believe so. <laughs> wow. I, you know, hack, hacking must be really cheap these days. You know, we need to know the questions that are going to be asked in interviews. So, you know, quick, let, let's spend millions of dollars hacking you know, into infrastructure and hiring all of these people to do this. And then you sit down for a five-minute interview and the, the Chinese president is just, I know what you're about to ask. Yeah. He needs to get better translators and that way you'd know... Wouldn't need to hack in. Yeah. <laughs> now the, the the group that they, they've dubbed the the hacking group Deep Panda, um, <laughs> which Deep Panda. So there, so there was there was another panda as well. There's dueling panda hacking groups. <laughs> the other one is Vixen Panda. Ah uh, yes. Oh yeah. Vixen. I wonder what, what who does what. Well, Vixen Panda apparently has been uh, getting amongst uh, like quite a lot of stuff in Australia recently, but also um, the the suggestion there is that maybe Vixen Panda is part of the People's Liberation Army. Mm. They're honest to god military. So um, interesting stuff. Yeah, it's kind of considering the Chinese are actually participating in this summit, and at the same time. You know, using it as a way to to try and get, and none of the other countries are doing any sort of spying, are they? <laughs> I suspect <laughs> somehow. I uh, can, can can we can we uh, you know have an idea about what the next panda group that's going to be hacking <laughs> things is going to be called? Sultry panda, sultry, sultry panda. <laughs> I can imagine the pre-panda meetings where you set up you know the rules. You're allowed to look at this. You're allowed to hack into this, but not allowed into that. Actually, I want to I want to know just on the panda the panda naming convention. Like, um, is it like hurricanes where you know we we end up with <laughs> you know you, you go alphabetically through the uh, through the alphabet? We're, we're already up to V for vixen. Yeah, like, there must have been many before. <laughs> Between D and V? Yeah. Oh, I guess that would probably suggest how many hacks. So, what, so what's well, after surely, V? Surely, w. Surely this would be Wonder Chinese. Panda. <laughs> Are you sure that you're getting it in the right order? I'm just saying. I don't know. They, they could be in order of discovery, not in order of actual newsworthiness. Ah, uh, fair enough, mm-hmm. fair enough. I think mm. these might be sort of English nicknames for them. They may not be their internal code names. So, look, Technogaze is a pretty cool name, but why don't we have some sort of cool, like, code name? <laughs> <laughs> it could be, be like Wondrous Fire or something like that. Oh, my that. God. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think we'll have to workshop that. <laughs> I, I think we should open up a competition to this. Yeah, you know, yeah, why not? Everyone contribute yeah. in, tell yeah. us what we should yeah. be called. Send mm-hmm. us a text. So what's, what's our hacker name? 
a hacker group name. Well, so there, it's, it's, like, it's like a prison name. There isn't a formula to porn names, so maybe yeah. there should be a hacker name formula. Definitely. Oh, this, this, this conversation <laughs> just... We've gone downhill. Um, That's not like us. Hello to Loz the Dinosaur. Who is Loz the Dinosaur? It's an a renowned velociraptor. <laughs> Loz, Loz the uh, vicious dinosaur says, uh, G'day techno gays. I've accidentally set up two Facebook accounts, one through my iPhone and one through laptop. Can't access second one where most messages are going. Ideas? Question um, mark. Usually what you would do if you can't access your Facebook account is to set up a password reset. Ah, uh, yes. That's Which- pretty straightforward. But I guess you need to know the email address that that, that Facebook that uh, is account right. was to attached to. Um, so when you first sign up to the, the Facebook account, you would have entered in a, uh, an email address. And, and hopefully it would have been correct. And I'll tell you why this might be a drama. Because I have a, I have a couple of email addresses. One of them doesn't have, like, one, one of them is like a, a saying at gmail.com. Mm. I'm not going to say which because you're all going to sign up for stupid stuff now. But people use it <laughs> to sign up for stupid stuff. So I get other people's pizza vouchers, blah, blah, blah. And then one day someone signed up for Facebook using my account. And, uh, and, you know, if I wanted to be evil, I could totally log in and just reset their password or post rude things about them or whatever it was. Like, I don't know. Mm. Um, so as long as it is your email address, you should be able to get a reset like that. I guess the other thing is if you can't recover it, you could try getting involved in the help guys. Uh, mm. So get on top of support there. Or the third thing that you could do is just um, consider it a write-off. Yeah. Use your, use your first account, the one that you can actually access, to contact all your friends and say, look, sorry for the stuff up. Mm. Um, and it's very—I don't think you can actually consolidate two accounts, can you? No, you can close an account though. So right. if you if you're sick of having two accounts and you can access both of them because maybe they've got different email addresses or whatever, mm. um, it's not possible, as far as I know, to have two Facebook accounts with one email address. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's uh, it's not the sort of thing that you can just kind of squish together or have two. Yes. Good luck. Good mm. luck, Loz. Mm. Um, and well done on operating that iPhone with your vicious dinosaur claws. <laughs> <laughs> Any relation to Tiny Saw at all? Tiny Saw, the most mm. famous plastic dinosaur in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> if you follow Rainer on, uh, t- on on Twitter, you might uh, see the odd photo here and there of I'm, Tiny Saws. I'm post-selfie. Yes. I'm post-selfie. I'm now taking pictures of plastic dinosaurs. <laughs> now, um, shall we move on to piracy for a moment? Arr. Arr. <laughs> I didn't know that was a cue for Michael's uh, one-eyed monocle. Yes. I'll pull it out of my pocket then. <laughs> now, um, uh, here's some... Wow, as if this wasn't known to the world already. Apparently, if we... Um, this seems make to be a theme with today's <laughs> news. <laughs> if we make content less expensive and uh, easier to access, then we are more likely to purchase it instead of pirating it. Get what? out of town. Who now, that was, done, that was said by the uh, Telecommunications Lobby Group Communications Alliance. Mm-hmm. They, they commissioned the study. That. Yeah. So, not necessarily a, a, a one with bias interests, I would, I would suggest. Like, they've, they're probably not... So probably not as biased as the uh, content holders, providers. Yeah. 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 No. So this this particular study has has suggested that 55% of Australians agree that illegal downloads are a problem in Australia. And a majority of people recognize that content creators are the hardest hit by the illegal activity. So it's an awareness that the the problem occurs. It it, it exists for content uh, copyright holders, right? I think it's a a good affirmation that people recognize that it it happens because everyone's been talking about it for ages and... Uh, people recognise that it's wrong, but there is a there is a bit of a sting in the tail for people who see that as a victory. Mm, so two thirds of uh, consumers believe that if content dis- distributors uh, offered 
um, better pricing, people would actually not download illegally. So six percent. Mm, we've often talked about that. We've also talked about, and I can't remember off the top of my head, but the number of people in Australia who say that they do in fact download illegally. So mm. there are people out there who Quite download openly. illegally, yep. knowing that this is a bad idea, yep. and knowing that they're probably screwing the consumer, but at this uh, screwing the. Uh, uh, the producers, but at the same time, mm. I mean, you can t- completely see that. I personally would love to be able to get a hold of of episodes of TV for uh, the, the survey says uh, somewhere in the range of a dollar twenty to a dollar seventy. Yeah, I think yeah. that's pretty reasonable. Seems a reasonable price, yeah. and that's a sweet spot that they found compared to what we have to pay today, which is around three dollars fifty. Right, it's, isn't it? It's like three ninety nine for high definition or something, isn't it? Yeah, it could yeah. be. Now there was a site a few weeks, a few months ago, actually, I think that we talked about as well, where people had uh, sat down and worked out um, how long things were taking to get to Australia and how much of a premium we were paying. So. Um, I can't... Oh, jeez. I would have to look that up and then talk about it later. But the, the other thing, as well as the pricing, is mm. that we're waiting for, you know, one or two or three months sometimes for TV shows. Your Game of Thrones and your House of Cards and stuff like that, yeah, they come out pretty quickly. Mm. And so do all the other shows that no one really cares about too much, like Fast Tracked from the US on Channel 7. It's some show that lasts for half a season. <laughs> but, you know, there's plenty of... of um, plenty of TV shows that people are just not that interested in waiting for. So even if you drop the price to $1.20, hmm. if you're going to stuff around for three months, people are probably still going to be downloading too. It's definitely more than just price. And it's kind of the, like it's a global, um, particularly this, where you get information about your favourite shows. If you have a particular favourite show, you're going to be, you know, sort of in online communities or on Facebook groups or whatever. Yeah, I'm not... You don't want to have your the, the spoilers come through from the US. No. Uh, people who are involved in, in those groups. Um you know, without having been able to keep in touch with that that conversation, like that's that's you know, right. And this whole global community thing is is a it's a thing for everyone, including people who watch TV, right? So why not make it? I don't know, easier. For and us we've to and we've been trained to be impatient that. that we want it, we want it now. Yeah, yeah, and we yeah. Can't get it now. There's a consumerist attitude mm. that that definitely is. Um, yeah. Now Foxtel is going to really uh, make us behave, or what's the word? Put our mouth where our money is because they've just changed their pricing structure, haven't yeah, they? They have. They they've been doing a lot of stuff trying to you know so they've got things on demand. They've got fast track stuff from the US, blah blah blah. But finally, they're actually listening to what people are saying and going, you know what? No one really does want to spend seventy five dollars a month just for a couple of TV shows. I wonder if they are if the, if it's actually just a business decision. So maybe their their subscriptions are dwindling, uh, are going down. I don't, I don't know any. I any, can't imagine any how around this, but nearly seventy five dollars a month. <laughs> it's a lot of money. It yeah. is a lot of money, and they know that you know things like iTunes or whatever, even the legitimate things like that, are competing with stuff. Yep. Mm. Netflix, etc. If people are using that on the naughty, um, you know, stuff like that, um, and they're like, oh, amazing. You know, maybe they can cut it to twenty five dollars a month, which is not a shock at all because I've always thought that they were making a massive profit margin. Mm. Twenty five dollars is is for just it's practically a half region. price for a basic. Yeah, yeah. So but, it used to be but it's an extra twenty dollars if you want Game of Thrones. So it's so, so, so that's we well, get right more than now. just Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's right now. But when Game of Thrones started uh, earlier this year uh, with, with its ex- exclusivity deal on Foxtel, they did have some really good prices for people who might only have been interested in Game of Thrones. Mm. So mm. yeah, there were there were good deals at that time that right. they had as well. Mm. Yeah, but it's it's good to see that um, you know competition does work even when they are pretty much a. Uh, uh, monopoly on the cable TV market here in Australia. Yes. Yep. 
Yeah. So is, um, the, inter- is the internet and a piracy competition? Well, it's... Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, mm. it is. Yeah. yeah. It, it's taken a while for it to filter into actually their business decisions, but yeah. clearly it, I, I think that's, that's, that's a good sign that people... And maybe it's, you know, because of uh, companies like Netflix saying, hey, we might turn up in Australia soon in a legitimate way. Maybe they're sort of preparing for that. Um, I think I think you have seen that happening. A lot of the uh, video on demand subscription services have been reducing their rates to something that's around Netflix's rate now. Mm, yeah. um, Foxtel's own Presto service half their half their subscription price each month. Yeah, and Telstra themselves have bought recently a, a media company that does a lot of distribution stuff over in the US. Not too long ago, I think. We you mean, about uh, that you mean Uyala? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so there's uh, there's a couple of ISPs using Fetch TV. Mm. You yeah. can see the price of that sort of, you know, coming down yeah. as people realise that uh, it's working well. That's one good thing with, about the internet is, you know, if you've got the internet infrastructure in your home already, you don't need something like cable aid to be able to get these mm. services. Mm. The, the, so the cord cutter argument that you're, you're making, that's starting to pick up a little bit of momentum in the States. Sony's actually going to be opening up a service in the US next year that will give you a, a cable TV-like experience just using your uh, broadband internet and mm. that's going to be available on PS3 and PS4 at first but then um, you know it'll go onto iOS and Android apps as well. Mm. One of the big problems in the US is a lot of the internet service providers are in fact these media distribution companies True. so it's in their best interest to promote I guess their cable content rather than somebody else's content over the internet connection which is the whole um, thing about you know net neutrality. Mm. Now here in Australia obviously if we actually had um, a decent NBN and we were kind of hoping that we would still at least get some fibre from the fridge to the home or whatever. <laughs> from um, the fridge. The fridge we, we may not, outside. Yeah, we may not get to take advantage of a lot of this streaming stuff much as we'd like to, though, because uh, because of some NBN stuff. Yes. Now, we, oh, we're we kind of running out of time here. but um, are we, uh, What a surprise. Perhaps we should hold the NBN discussion yeah. for a few minutes. We have Lisa coming into the studio very shortly as well to talk with us about... Her experiences getting onto Windows uh, Windows 8, right? 8.1. Oh, I want to hear about this because I've done it too. All right. Well, mm-hmm. we'll be back with that in just a few moments. You're listening to Technogaze on Joy 94.9. It's Technogaze. Mark, Michael, Rainer, Jason, and we have a special guest here with us today, Lisa. Hello, Lisa. How are you today? Very well, thank you. Now, Lisa, uh, you are a... Well, you've, you've done your master's in computing. We'll just establish the credentials okay. first of all, because, you know, to be part of the Technogaze team, which you, you have are... You have some cred. You, you need some cred. Uh, you also teach uh, web programming, I That's right, yeah. Web, yeah, web development Excellent. and uh, motion graphics. Ah, very good, very good. My now, people. Uh, sure. Also happens to be uh, a certain panelist. <laughs> a certain which, which panelist is that? <laughs> the one that's in front of the panel right now. So nice to see you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so um, now the reason why we have you in. Um, you might see the, the many Apple computers in front of us. So we don't have a lot of experience with Windows these days. Windows, oh, you say? Oh, oh. I think no, there's. I, okay, so no, I, I, I have actually done what Lisa's done, Lisa's done recently as well, which is um, we're going to talk about upgrading to Windows 8.1. Right. 
Um, from Windows 7. From Windows 7, which which was certainly an interesting experience for me and probably for you as well, but I think yours might have not gone quite as well as mine. No, no. How long did it take you to upgrade? It took a day and a half of my life. Oh, what? well. <laughs> that included research. That, that's oh. a simple process, isn't it? You just put a CD in or something, say go and it's done. Now, it used to be with Windows that it was quite easy to, and this is why there were still a lot of people just rocking Windows XP forever, is it was quite easy to just go, yeah, I don't really want to upgrade because there are a lot of patches and stuff still coming but isn't it true that um, Microsoft were all like get on Windows 8.1 or go forever without upgrades forever I don't know about Windows 7 but there was certainly a bit of that going on definitely there was a push from Windows XP because it was around the same time I think to just get people moving on from uh, from the older platform to a new one and they're also sort of pushing this whole idea of, of updates right so you get an update to the OS which is not a major new release it's like it's just little bits here and there like mm. the OS 10 model so I guess that's um, perhaps the first salvo in that is 8.1 yeah. So did you go from Windows 7? Yes, I went from Windows 7 and right. I updated because I knew Windows 10 was out and I was concerned that I would actually lose all my data if I went from Windows 7 to Windows 10. Mm. So, um, Preempting the uh, the pain. That's that right, except, well... however, I was in pain <laughs> for at least a day and a half. <laughs> oh, no. So tell us, what, what, what was the first... Um, problem you encountered. Okay, so the story goes like this. I had to do research before installing, which I thought was not a good sign to begin with. Mm. And I learned that if I went from Windows 7 to Windows 8.1, I'll lose everything. So to avoid that, I uh, read somewhere that you had to install Windows 8 and then from Windows 8 upgrade to Windows 8.1. So 7 to 8.1 was a complete reformat of your hard disk, was I, I, it? I believe so, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. So... Um, so that was fine. I knew what I had to do, and I installed Windows 8, and there was no problems with installing Windows 8. That was nice and easy, and I thought, this is really good. They've picked up their app. Good, the screen yeah. was all colourful. Very Tick, nice. Done. Great. Um, then, um, <laughs> then before installing, um, and I downloaded Windows 8.1, but it said before installing Windows 8.1, oh, actually, but one thing before that, before installing Windows 8, you had to install Windows Upgrade Manager, oh. the update manager, to test if your computer can handle Windows 8. But I I installed it and when I went to run it, they said to me that you have to install the updates for Windows Updater, (laughs) which, yeah, very Microsoft. Who updates the updater? (laughs) (laughs) The user, obviously not Microsoft. And you would have been well up to date with Windows 7 anyway before you started this, right? Like, you don't seem like the sort of person who would have let her patches run away for months. No, no, that's right. I made sure everything was up to date before installing everything. So anyhow, so I installed, finally got, got Windows 8 installed after updating the updater. And that was that was okay. I thought that's the only hitch. That's fine. Sounds like a comedy show. <laughs> I'm updating no, no, the update. It was. It made me laugh out loud on my own. It was scary. Um, so then I went to install Windows 8.1, but they said make sure that Windows 8 is updated. So I had to update Windows 8. Oh. And I thought, given that I downloaded it from the web to begin with, that they would give me an up-to-date version. But no. And that's when all my problems happened. I, I had problems installing my updates. Right. Because this is a very, I mean, it's one of the most important sort of components of any um, PC ownership. Really, is is the upgrade uh, steps. Like, you know, this is when you're actually thinking about your computer. You're thinking about, you know, where you've got things. Are they in the right spot? Mm. Um, you'd you'd hope that massive companies like Microsoft or Apple or whatever put all you know should put a lot of effort into making it as seamless as possible. But clearly. 
for you that wasn't the case. It right? really wasn't, and I'm not. Um, I'm pretty good. I mean, I can find my way around technically, like I can research it. Um, but I honestly, it's just I could download the updates, but installing the updates, it wouldn't let me do it. So the mm. first time I did it, it took um, say two hours to actually install it to get the messages. We can't install your uh, install your updates, and we're reverting back, which took another three hours. So each oh, try oh. took five go and five you had to hours. Reboot in between, I take it. That's right. Yeah, and there's five hours, and then suddenly I try. I'd research, try something else, and then it would go from five hours to eight hours. And I tried different things four different times. And the last try, um, it was running overnight, so I realised it was just stuck in a loop. Mm. Um, so then I had to do more research to find out how to get out of the loop. And it was stuck at, do not turn off the machine because we're reconfiguring. That, that ominous message where the only thing you really can do when it's stuck is turn off the machine. <laughs> That's exactly right. And so... I had to turn off the machine. And, of course, you did all this, this research on your OS X device, didn't you? That's exactly right. <laughs> That's now, exactly right. That is chalk and cheese compared to my experience. So in, with my experience, I started with Windows 7. I moved to Windows 8.1. I used an educational pricing thingy, so I bought it through the web store that way. Yeah, it was a big download, but honestly, nothing like that happened. Really? It took a while. There wasn't patches and things, of course, but nothing like that happened to me. It was really odd. Did you go straight to 8.1? Yep. And you didn't have to reformat your hard disk? Didn't have to touch it. Okay. It just did all its thing. Yeah. Like I backed it up, obviously. Yeah. You could do that every week anyway, or at so, least. But I, so, it's just, it's ridiculous. I mean, all my games and stuff were still fine. Like, there were a couple of little updates that needed to be done for some of them. But it was just not like that at all. And I've got a bits of computer that I made out of parts. It's not like, you know, a Dell or whatever. It's, you know. A non-standard Didn't have to worry about any weird vendor stuff in the way, which so, is probably not, not that bad. Yeah, Lisa, did you... Um, did you find out in the end what it was that was that kept it stuck? Like, was no, no, I, I found lots of people had the stuck problem, mm. um, and basically I had to reset it, which meant that I lost all my software and my settings. Oh, right. I had my I had my kept my data. Yeah. Um, but it was just actually a common problem if you t- type it in in a search engine. Yeah, um, yeah. It just comes. Uh, yeah. So I have no idea. Now you also upgraded to Yosemite. <laughs> yes, I did. And what was that experience like? <laughs> that was a delightful experience. N- not that this is a Fapple oriented. <laughs> Show. <laughs> no, look, I, have, I like it. <laughs> I have three different um, devices that are non-Windows, and they all were upgraded very, very easily. <laughs> it's funny how the yeah, I think Apple tend to put a bit more effort, and it probably helps that they have a pretty sort of standard hardware footprint to work with, as opposed to the Windows side of things where. You know, there's obviously Lots, some that's configurations true. that yeah. cause problems and others that don't. But as consumers, we've also been trained to go through the, oh, there's a new Windows version. Oh, it's about time I need a new computer. I'll buy a new computer with it mm. so I don't have to go through this pain of actually upgrading. Well, Although that, that's thing. going to change. If, if someone who is, you know, very skilled in computers literally teaches other people mm. how to do stuff with them, etc., feels like it's easier to just blow everything away and start again, what hope do the rest of us have? That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah how, how do other people research and find this stuff out? Because Search engines hard. are your friend. Yes. Mm. Well, I'm I'm glad you've actually got to Windows 8.1. That's a good uh, good move. Well done. Thank you. Congratulations and congratulations for getting onto Yosemite as well. Actually, it'll be interesting to see what the 8.1 to 10 migration is like. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a whole it's a whole version jump, isn't it? Yeah. Even though technically it's not. Or is it going to be an 8.1 to uh, OS 10 migration? (laughs) Going to vote with my feet. Could well do that. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, thank you for joining us here today, Lisa. It's been uh, it's interesting to, to see what uh, everyone has, you know, all the different experiences that people have with uh, upgrading. Mm. 
And thank you, Michael, for, for inviting Lisa. <laughs> I, I heard the tale of woe and I thought, no, we've got to share this. <laughs> it's upgrading the upgrader. That's, that's <laughs> Is that like teach the teacher? Train the trainer? <laughs> You're listening to Technogaze here on Joy 94.9, where we're discussing uh, tech, gadgets, consumer electronics, and upgrading of software. We'll be back with more in a few moments. Technogaze. Click on the podcast tab via the new Joy website for the, the best, best of Joy. Joy. Joy.org.au That modem sound is such a, I don't know, it takes me back. It separates we're, we're, the grown-ups from the kiddies, really, doesn't it? Can you imagine the number of people that have never heard it in real life? We, we heard a modem sound go through the... Actually, it wasn't a modem sound. I, I tell a lie. It was a fax connection sound. <gasps> Remember those as well. And uh, a few of the developers, we all started talking talking about uh, whether or not we could actually identify the board rate at which it was connecting <laughs> ju- based oh, on the no. sound. Just based yeah. on the tone. <laughs> yeah. and was, actually, it's funny you mentioned that because um, based on a recommendation uh, by someone who may be in the studio right now, I, I watched the full uh, season of... Of Holt and Catch Fire just oh, yes. last weekend. Yes. I couldn't uh, get through it. I can't really? imagine who that recommendation may have come from. <laughs> Might well have been you, Jason. <laughs> Possibly. But there was a modem sound. They were, they, uh, were connecting over 2400 board. Like there was a bit of a, a sort of a deviation of the plot to talk about, you know, making faster um, transfer rates over over the POTS network, over the, mm. over the phone. POTS, which is plain old telephone system? Correct. Yep. My goodness. Um, and I recognise that sound to be a 56K modem. <laughs> it was oh, totally where's the period accuracy? This, okay. That's, that's, it's, uh, it just irked me. Like, there were a few things that irked me about the show, but as soon as that happened, it's like, they clearly don't have a good advisor on this. So, so just on, on that part, though, the, the 50, 56K modem connection string was actually really short. Hmm. And that one in the show was actually fairly long. No, no, no. I don't know. I think, about, think yeah. he might actually have been thinking of no. a, 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 a 28.8. No. Oh, my God. Oh, we're going to pull out the board rate wars now. Here we go. <laughs> We've got to, uh, I'm sure Google would have plenty of uh, sound effects to this effect. We'll have to figure now, out. We could have, actually, at the next Joy Quiz, we should do a Hayes Command set uh, question. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, if you'd like to put a question in the quiz that only people in this room will know the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> you might be surprised. Now, Halt and Catch Fire, of course, that's a, a series about the, you know, the birth of the personal computer industry and stuff like that set, you know, way back. Yes. And all the rest of it as well. Mm. Um, back in the 80s. Back in um, the 80s. Talking about uh, compatibility between IBM PCs back then and, and the whole, you know, IBM and clone. And all the clones, yeah. 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 That's why everyone is IBM compatible instead of running mm. IBM machines. Yeah. Mm. And the reason why it's called Halt and Catch Fire is that in the good old days when you'd program with the mnemonics, HCF was a command. Halt and, and Catch, catch Fire. fire. Yeah. Stop doing it anything made else. It <laughs> made the machine go into a tight loop, overheat and catch fire. Just that could have happened if Lisa hadn't been able to stop that, uh, that upgrade loops. Oh, yeah, I'll just, I'll just leave it to do its thing overnight. <laughs> Who knows? Now, we were talking before, speaking of uh, TV series and so forth and uh, having fast internet connections as well, um, we've got a bit of NBN news to talk through. <laughs> or not news. Yeah, well... Is this, is this again in keeping with our theme for news today? Is this something that was pretty obvious? <laughs> it's super obvious. Oh my goodness! So, and well, actually, what have we learned? An expert panel led by former Victorian Treasury head Michael Vertigan uh, was intended to, as a comprehensive comparison of the costs of potential uh, revenue of the current and former government's respective NBN models. 
So this was the review of, you know, do we stay with the old model or do we move to... Yeah, and, you know, cost, cost benefit, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, demand modelling specialists were instructed not to conduct a detailed revenue calculation from uh, from potential NBN business customers <gasps> while preparing a key uh, a key input to this, uh, this cost benefit. Oh, so business wouldn't use NBN, would they? <laughs> no, of course not. It was just for residents, right? Yeah, like, well, because I think the argument was, you know, businesses are located in the CBD and the CBD's got good infrastructure. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's because yep. the entirety of business only exists in in the CBD. It is, it is the central I'm business district, Mark. <laughs> what, do, what do you want? If you're not a business, you shouldn't be there. I'm shocked, shocked, I say shocked, to learn that the government of the day has once again done some funny modelling. Mm. It's like, it's like you know, if you want to build a big road in this country, for example, maybe don't think about how many people will actually use it. Just make the figure up. Yeah. When, when, you, when you say funny modelling, is it like a model with like uneven legs walking down the catwalk and sort of leaning, leaning to one side and falling over at the end? <laughs> By the sounds of it, that's yeah. what this I, I mean, it does study seem like, was. It does yes. seem to be it. <laughs> I'm thinking more like, you know, silly putty sort of clay models, like, you know, like, oh, look, here's our amazing road. Look, here are all these cars that are going to go from east to west. Not that I'm thinking of any particular projects. I don't, I don't really know why, but as soon as you said silly putty clay modelling, that scene from Ghost has just popped into my head. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, so that's, yeah, look, there's been, uh, obviously, modelling uh, modeling what people will do is a huge part of any sort of large infrastructure project, and... Um, what a big surprise to find that uh, that maybe business uh, wasn't maybe thought about maybe as hard as it could have been. Should have been. You know, yeah. Could have, should have, would have. It's a bit late now. Mm. Now, also uh, on NBN stuff, uh, very briefly, uh, it looks like NBN Co. are now working out a pay for fibre to your premises product. Oh. So if you can pay for it, you can get it. Hmm. Oh, let the market decide. That, Which, again, doesn't sound like the government of the day at all. Well, from Amazing. a pra- practical, pragmatic point of view, I'm I'm happy that this is the case, that they are actually looking at the the the, the option, at well, least. It was always going to be an option. That was the yeah. whole point. It's like, why are we going to pay for everything to go straight to your door? We'll let you pay for yeah. it. And, of course, it will be the same people getting screwed as usual. Academically, I think this is um, – well, it, it, it's, yeah, it's no surprises. I guess this is one of the one of the cases where that no surprises government mm-hmm. catchphrase has actually taken effect. Um, but yeah, sad to say see that uh, yes, it's actually you know part of their business plan now too. Mm. And if you've got um, fiber coax running down your street, you'll probably get your internet NBN delivered on that. Well, this is a thing now that I'm hearing about that that they're actually uh, co- you know the NBN is actually going to be facilitated by the existing coax. Uh, cable networks, yeah. to which is not that broad. No, it isn't that broad. No, it's but apparently they're upgrading it as well, or something like that. But that means I'm actually not going to get fibre necessarily to my home because I've got both Telstra and Optus uh, cables right outside my my window. Is the Optus cable still being used? I I believe it is. Yes. So. Yes. The article I read was sort of the unloved, uh, disused <laughs> Optus network. Well, it actually, it depend on the uh, the neighbourhood. <laughs> I think it's only carrying. It's probably only carrying internet traffic these days yeah. and uh, voice traffic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But mm. I mean, it, it, but I mean, it's definitely getting used yes. either way. Mm. Mm. Yep. Right now, uh, that's probably enough. We've we've talked about the NBN and uh, fast internet access and so forth. That's why. Why and alas? We've, we've kicked that, that puppy enough. <laughs> <laughs> now on to um, Apple. 
Oh, my goodness. Um, we haven't talked about Apple enough today. Here's, no. here's a topic that's actually dear to my heart, right? So if you if you move from an iPhone to an Android phone... And, or anything else. Or Well, anything mm. else, but you know, I suppose Android's the big one. If you move from an iPhone to whatever you like and people are trying to send you SMSs and they're using an iPhone as well, most of their messages would have come through as an iMessage. Yeah. So that's a little blue bubble in your, in your chat window. Um, and, of course, when you stop using an iPhone, Apple is like, oh, I've received a message. I will deliver it to this iPhone whenever it comes back online. Um, there's not a really obvious way, or there hasn't to date uh, until quite recently, been an obvious way for you to tell Apple to stop sending messages to your iPhone, or which you're not using attempt. anymore. Yeah, because every, every time that message is sent, or a, a, a person who has identified you as an iMessage user yep. tries to send it, there's no way of it sort of going, actually, no, they're no longer a user, because... Quite you just right. Turn your phone off. Well, this is. I think if you, um, if there's a way of logging out of iMessage or disabling that. Well, there is now. No, no, no. I think beforehand that was the, that was the solution. But it wasn't much of one. Believe me. No. I and a lot of people but, didn't do it. Well, part, part of the problem was that if you destroyed your phone, you couldn't do this. If you ne- then right. bought an Android, Android. phone. Okay. Yeah. 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 So actually, there's there was a, a lawsuit in the US taken up by a particular user who um, started, uh, you know, essentially saying, "Hey, there's there's this is an issue for a lot of people." It's a class action that's occurred. Yeah, it's more than a lawsuit. It's uh, a number of people have been allowed by a judge to band together to uh, form this class action. Mm. And uh, perhaps that's reason for Apple to have recently introduced a new tool it's that motivation. enables them to <laughs> n- enables people to stop sending iMessages to this phone number. Mm. Well, it's only three years after this started happening. Happening, yeah. Well. Oh, and and very quickly after this lawsuit popped up. Oh, what a amazing. coincidence! How did that happen? Um, now, here's actually here's another thing that's worth remembering. I don't know if this is everybody, but um, what's been happening since I did the old switcheroo is that uh, I haven't received any voicemails. I mean, I don't get a lot of voicemails. I'm usually pretty quick to answer my phone. But then I got a message the other day from someone going, didn't you hear my voicemail? I'm like, no, I didn't. Mm. Well, I think I think Vodafone still thinks that I should be receiving visual voicemail oh. on my on my iPhone and uh, not sending me a text saying call, call 121 for your voicemail. Whoops. Right. So I called 121 and sure enough, it's like, you have five unread messages. Oh, God. And isn't it interesting, it's moved on from this, you know, basic level stuff like SMS is a pretty low level kind of protocol that, that works across all um, phones. It, it never used to, but it does now, yes. Yeah. Um, now that we're getting other messages, uh, other systems in place, but like visual voicemail, as an example, it, yeah. it replaces the, the old way of doing things like um, iMessage for, for text messages. Um, you know, suddenly we have all these, quote, teething problems, unquote, that are actually controlled by a central yeah. way. Like, it, you know, whether whether iMessage works or not is Apple's problem, not yeah. necessarily the telco. Organisations are so fixated on bringing customers on board, they don't think about what happens when a user leaves. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Now, uh, very briefly as well, we're running into the end of the show. It's actually seven minutes to one here on Joy 94.9. But, um, and we're talking tech here on Technogaze. And uh, Microsoft have made a pretty relatively big announcement for any developer types out there this week. What have they done? They're going to uh, open source their .NET framework. What? Now, Isn't that one of their major them? cash cows? Well, the, the, the .NET framework itself I don't think is. No. Um, it's, you know, their operating systems and their office, office suites and so forth and all the value adds around that. Server, server operating systems definitely as well. But um, the actual libraries that are used to develop against, as in developers, and this is a massive community. We're talking about, you know, 5 million-odd developers worldwide are using the .NET uh, framework. Um, 
have often cried out for more access to the code so that they can see what's going on under the hood by, uh, by Microsoft. And it's more than open sourcing, isn't it? They're going to allow the .NET server to run on other platforms, not only Windows servers. Yes. OMG. Yes. I, I imagine the guys who make uh, Mojo must be really unimpressed right now. <laughs> well, and of course, Mono is a project. Um, Mojo Mono, yes, that's yeah, well, right. Mono yeah. is actually a project that's been happening for quite some time. Back in 2005, in fact, was when it was started. Based on sort of talk by Microsoft around it being an open specification, and being a, a you unfortunate know. choice of a name. It's glandular <laughs> fever in the US is mono. Oh, is <laughs> we were wondering why it wasn't very big in the US. So, and, and, and they've actually been working closely. Microsoft have been a pretty close, um, uh, in, a, in a close relationship with the developers of Mono over the past uh, few years as well. So, mm. you know, I'm sure it's probably no surprise. Like, they're, you know, they're sort of talking amongst each other anyway. But um, I wonder how much of this is driven by their fear that people aren't adopting the .NET platform because everyone, a lot of people are using open source servers, Linux servers. It's definitely a businesses. vibrant thing. But from a developer's point of view, what this means is I can now uh, get my hosting done on a Linux machine yeah. and not on a, not on a Microsoft machine, which is, uh, you know, $50 a month versus... Ten dollars a month, right? So and that's probably easier to upgrade. The as well. cost difference. <laughs> well, <laughs> who knows? Yes, you're listening to Techno Guys here on Joy ninety four point nine. We're almost at the end of our hour here. Um, we will um, be back with more in a few moments. Techno Guys. Techno Guys here on Joy ninety four point nine. We're almost at the end of the show. It's three minutes to one. Yeah. Um, what an well, it, it always goes so quickly, doesn't it? It does. Really? I looked at the clock a minute ago and it was 20 past 12. <laughs> a minute ago, did you? Really? Well, uh-huh. really? amazing. Now, um, I'd just like to say, um, Rainer. Yeah. Aww. It's it's your last day here on TechnoGaze. It's my last it? show. It's your last show. Um, thank you very much to yourself for being with us for the past. It's actually, I, I did a check. April 13th, 2013 wow. was your first show about here on, on TechnoGaze. Yeah, about 18 months. Time um, goes so quickly. Good really innings does. with us. Is this what you guys were counting up before the show? I saw finger counting going on. <laughs> and we moved on to toes. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, we're going to miss you here. Um, I know Joy, as a whole, is going to miss you. Uh, you're, you're heading off over to, to the other side of the Dutch. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, <laughs> finding perhaps some... Uh, from some love over there as well. Which I'm very happy for Meeting you some about sheep, eating some chocolate. <laughs> that has no relation to the love thing, no. right? <laughs> but um, of course, anytime you're you're back here in Melbourne, which I hope you do, come back to remind yourself of this wonderful city. Oh, um, always. You know, you're more than welcome to join us here on the show again. It's, yeah. it's sort of the same deal that I get, isn't it? <laughs> you pretty much. Yeah, yeah, the door's always open. Yeah. Come on in. We we um yeah, but we're going to miss you very much. And please don't go. Please, oh. please stay. <laughs> Mark, Mark didn't beg me like that when I left. <laughs> I just want to say I'll be back. And you know what? We learned that if we can get Michael to phone in at three in the morning from South Africa, then I'm sure I can. I'm yeah. sure I can. It's only Skype two hours in. or three hours. Yeah. 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 Definitely. We'll have to investigate some Skype options or so forth. Now, that's all we have time for in this very sad ending to the show. 
If you'd like to peruse previous episodes or... Um, Happy, perhaps, happier times with Raina on the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, check out previous episodes. Perhaps the 13th of uh, April 2013, you'd like to, to listen in to the first episode that uh, Raina was on. You can do so by checking out our podcast, joy.org.au slash technogaze. Coming up next is Pete Dillon with Cravings after Joy News Bulletin. We'll be back later. See you later. Bye-bye. Techno Gaze on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.